Now, the first thing I always want to do when I start a concentration practice is recognize that I'm not yet meditating. Because of the last thing I want to do is say, it's time, meditate. <laughs> I'm tying myself into a ball, into a knot, which is not conducive to what I'm trying to do. So what I do is I, I do my go-to move. I just feel what's going on. And I notice, well, one of the things that's going on is I'm distracted. I'm not settled in at all, which is fine. I don't mind. But I, I don't want to lie about it. So I fidget. I look around. Sigh. So oh, geez. i got to meditate now. And, and at this point already, I'm starting to feel a little bit reined in. In other words, I'm starting to feel like the attention is coalescing a little bit because after all, I'm trying to find out what's going on and that's, that's bringing me, uh, calming me down. I'm feeling what's going on. And I'm, I'm monitoring, I'm asking over and over again, what's my experience? I'm feeling it. And if I were to put a label on this kind of experience that I'm having right now, pre-concentration, I could say um, this is, um, I don't know, I'll make something up. Well, I'm going to call this pre-jhana. It's a pre-jhana flavor. And I recognize the flavor because uh, it's a particular combination of sensations, body sensations and mental events. The mind is pretty scattered. Body's kind of fidgety. So I'll just give it a name. I'm calling it pre-jhana. This idea of understanding that jhanas are, are recognizable flavors is going to be really important. Now, as I fish around to see where my attention wants to be, I'm bringing investigation into the loop a little bit. I'm interested in the, the, the scope of my, of my attention, what Vincent was talking about earlier. Does my attention right now feel like it wants to be really tight? at the tip of my nose. Well, I can feel around for it, so I try it. And, and, and what does my body say when I do it? Well, right now, I'll tell you, no. My attention doesn't want to be that tight. That actually hurts me. So I'm not going to do that. I'm into going with the flow here. Well, does my attention want to be as wide as the galaxy? I'm checking to see if it does. No, actually it doesn't. It doesn't feel right either. Maybe there's a Goldilocks zone in here. It's, as I keep fishing around, it feels to me right now like my attention wants to be about the size of my body. Maybe just a little bit out, you know, about a foot out from my body seems to be the focal size. I'm going to monitor for my mind state. 
I feel uh, interested, engaged, anticipating. Pretty, I'm getting calm. That's interesting. Now I know that the the first jhana instructions that work for me is to let my attention eventually coalesce around my face, around my nose and mouth, and then maybe even around my nose. But I'm not going to force that. I'm going to see if that happens on its own as a result of the vague intention to, for that to happen. As I say that, I can still feel sensations all around the body but I'm also noticing a lot around the face. So that's that seems to be moving in the right direction. I feel a lot of sensations around the mouth and the nose for that matter. I just noticed that when I breathe in it feels cool in my nostrils. Now if I close my eyes, I'm closing my eyes now, before I didn't feel settled enough to be able to do that. And if I reflect a little bit about this nose and mouth sensation thing, I find that my eyes, with eyes closed, it's as though my eyes are looking toward my own nose. There's a, I call this an eye, eye posture. The eye posture here is that my eyes are, I don't know, slightly cross-eyed, looking mostly down. They're moving around a lot, and that's fine, but it's a little bit of a theme. Feeling the sensations around the nose and mouth, and my eye posture is lining up with that. My eyes are looking where I'm focusing. <clears throat> Now, I want to be very gentle with this because if I try to, if I strain, um, I won't be able to sustain it. So I'm just letting my eyes relax. And every once in a while, they do point down, look down with eyes closed at my nose. And sometimes when that happens, when the, the eyes almost lock in to this cross-eyed posture for just a moment, and then they flit away again. But when this happens, let me see, sometimes I get a little pleasant, a little uh, flow of rising sensations in the limbs. Uh, pleasant. This flow of, of uh, pleasant sensations in the, in the limbs is something that I associate with the first jhana. This is part of the combination of phenomena that make up the flavor. So I figure I'm on the right track. I'll just keep on like this. Something I know about about concentration because I, I read it in the suttas 
is that the proximate cause for concentration is concentration. I love that. What that means to me is that this is, uh, this is something that's very amenable to momentum. If you get the least little flash of concentration, it becomes easier to get the next one. There's a snowball effect. So each time I remember to wonder what my nose feels like, my nose and mouth, and I notice that my eyes follow my attention and look toward my nose with eyes closed, and I get a little tingle, I consider that moving in the right direction. I think this might snowball into uh, a more uh, a more distilled version of this same flavor that's beginning to emerge, this flavor of the first jhana. As I go through this process, there are several things I'm going to look at uh, and scan around in a, in a cycle. In other words, uh, so I, I want to ask myself, what, what is my eye posture? And I check and I play around with that a little bit. Well, what if I, what if I deliberately uh, look at my nose with my eyes closed? Well, that's interesting. So that's one thing I can do. This is a, a handle. Uh, one of the, the handles of the first jhana is eye postures. And it, eventually, any one of the handles will be an access point for you to the jhana. So for now, we're just going to go around among several. <clears throat> Another thing is the sensations around the nose and mouth. That's a handle. Another thing is to be aware and to be interested in any pleasant sensations that arise. They might be signaling the flavor of the jhana. So we want to get a feel for that. Over time, like a skilled wine taster, you will recognize these flavors. Now I'm noticing something about my breathing. I'm noticing that as I breathe in, there's a, a kind of bumping uh, of, the, of the abdomen. It seems to be pulsing up. So rise, 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 rise. 
may be associated with the, the heart pulsing. I don't know, but it's just some kind of pulsing. I find that interesting, and it is something you notice, especially in the first two jhanas. I'm noticing that the emphasis is on the inhalation as opposed to the exhalation. This is a, this is something I associate with the with the first jhana. And there's an ever so slight subtle sense of exhilaration. If I were to say what what it for me is the characteristic emotion of the first jhana, it's subtle exhilaration. So this tells me I might be on the right track. And now I go through the cycle again. I check my eye posture. I check to see if I'm noticing the sensations around my nose or my nose and mouth. I feel around for any, any even a hint of pleasant sensations rising in the body. I notice the rise and fall of the abdomen and that the emphasis is on the inhalation. The nature of this kind of experience is that it, uh, it comes in waves. And so many, many times during this exercise, I expect you to just kind of zone out and forget what you were doing, and then you'll remember again. And when you do remember again, you might notice that when it, when it uh, all comes together for a couple of seconds, it might be a little deeper than it was before. This is the snowballing I'm talking about. There is no theoretical limit to how deep this could go. So that becomes interesting. That's a, a quest. What if I stay with it for a while and even though I find myself drifting in and out of attention, if it gets ever so slightly more um, profound each time I come back to it, huh, I wonder where that will go. Something you'll notice about the first jhana is that your posture tends to get really good spontaneously. You feel like sitting up straight. There's a lot of energy in the body that allows you to, to sit up straight. One fellow told me that it, for him it felt like somebody had reached and grabbed the top of his head and pulled it upward.
there's something unique about the first jhana, something that only happens in the first jhana. And so if it's happening, and if you're in any jhana at all, you must be in the first. And this is going to help you recognize the various flavors of the jhanas. And this thing that I'm talking about has been uh, described as uh, initial and sustained uh, pointing of the mind. So let's make that concrete. Imagine that you take your hand, an imaginary hand, and you reach up and grab the tip of your own nose between your thumb and forefinger. This is a virtual nose pinch. Now you're not really doing that. Your hands are, are down, but you can imagine doing it. And you can imagine the sensations as well. What does it feel like when your hand is tweaking your own nose? In order to be able to do that, in order to be able to perform the virtual nose pinch, you must uh, zoom in and apply initial and sustained application of mind. So there are a couple of things to notice here. For one, this is yet another handle. If you practice the virtual nose pinch, you can access the first jhana by doing it. And you can uh, diagnose your jhanic state with the virtual nose pinch because if you're in any jhana at all and you can do it, you're in the first jhana. You're going to have to let go of this to get to the second and third and so on. But for now, let's stick with it. We're interested in the, the flavor, the combination of physical and mental phenomena that come together to make the flavor of the first jhana. Checking the eye postures. Looking at the tip of my own nose with my eyes closed and seeing what that does. Noticing the pleasant tingles in the arms and legs or the neck. For this jhana, the important thing is the focusing of the mind. It's how, uh, how big is the focus. In other words, it's not so important what the focus is. It's how tight is it. And first jhana is a tight focus. As you settle more and more deeply into this, you don't even have to 
care about the sensations at the nose. You just have to be focusing on the nose. So the sensations were a, a way of getting us to pay attention there. Eventually, we can pay less attention to the sensations and more about the and more attention to the focus itself. Oh yeah, I'm focusing on my nose. Now, if you do get a, a, a thrill or a pleasant sensation and you get excited, you might think, oh no, I got excited, now I'm going to lose it. No, you're not. That's not how this works. All that's going to happen is you'll drift for a minute and then you'll remember, oh yeah, let me do one of those handles. Let me check eye postures. Let me focus on my nose. Let me feel the tingles. Let me do the virtual nose pinch. Let me notice the pulsing nature of the rise of the abdomen and the subtle exhilaration and quiet in my mind. Now, something they may not have told you about jhana is that it's very natural to float up into the next from wherever you are. And it's not like it's hard or you have to do this extra special thing. The, you, this body and mind wants to do that. So because that's not where we're, what we're doing today, if anything, we're going to intentionally anchor ourselves for a while in the first jhana. And we know how to do that because we have the virtual nose pinch. Imagine holding onto your own nose with thumb and forefinger and find yourself stabilizing, restabilizing in the first jhana.
So sometimes the clue that you're ready to go up into the next jhana is that the one you're in gets a little ragged. So we don't have to think of that as bad. We might think, maybe I don't need the virtual nose pinch anymore. Let me, let me relax a little bit. Jhanas, as Bill Hamilton used to say to me, are defined by what is left behind as you go from one to the next. As you go up the ladder, up the scale from the first jhana to the second, we're going to jettison some baggage here and we're still going to have uh, our attention, but it's going to be simpler. <clears throat> So we don't have to, have to do the virtual nose pinch. And we don't have to uh, focus so tightly anymore. So we're going to change the size of the focal field. Let's let in the face and the head overall. And notice what a relief that is. It was costing you some effort and some tension to sustain the, such a tight focus in the first jhana. <clears throat> so you're letting that out. Maybe let in, let in some more. Let in your neck and your upper body. And let your attention soak in. It soaks into the object, which is the body. The, the, the subtle exhilaration that I mentioned in the first jhana falls away here. And what you're left with, once this, once this kicks in, or once you get a feel for the subtlety of this, <clears throat> is more like a, a deep gurgling joy that rises up through the body the pulsing that happens when you breathe <clears throat> as in boom 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 on the in breath and boom 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 on the out breath becomes um, deeper it's not as shallow everything about the second jhana feels deeper less superficial than the first from this point of view in fact from the point of view of second jhana flavor. The first jhana seems unappealing. Now that was too frenetic. I need to chill out a little bit. Let your attention soak in to the object more than just bouncing off the surface of it. Feel the Feel the depth of the, the pulsing as you breathe in and as you breathe out. Boom, 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 boom. The, the stiff military posture of the first jhana relaxes a little bit in the second. just slightly slumped from the first.
So we have our handles for the second jhana. We let the attention sink into the object, which is the body. We relax some of the tension so that the the field of focus is is bigger. It's the it's the the entire, it can be the entire body. The characteristic mind state is that rising, deep, gurgling joy. Now, it's okay if you, even if you only get just the tiniest hint of that, that's perfect. That means you're on the right track. That can be snowballed. And if you say, well, yeah, but I also feel other stuff. That's okay. You just don't care. Jhana isn't a comprehensive exploration. We're shamelessly trying to put ourselves into a pleasant state here. And that's good. <clears throat> so you do that by deliberately paying attention to the nice stuff. With your eyes closed, the visual field is one of the handles in the second jhana. In other words, you're looking at the back of your own eyelids. <clears throat> but you're not looking hard at it. Uh, you're, you're looking at it with a soft gaze and soaking in. Soaking into it. And it's just a bunch of shapeless blobs. It doesn't matter what it is. It's about the way, these are the eye postures of the second jhana. It's about the way your eyes are focusing, understanding that the focusing of the eyes is hardwired to the focusing of the mind. You can do a lot with eye postures. Once you find out, once you discover in your own experience that when I do this with my eyes, this happens. And sometimes you'll be in a state that you like and you'll ask, what am I doing? What are my eyes doing? And you notice that and then you, you'll figure it out. Oh, does that mean that if I turn that around, if I do this thing with my eyes, that state will happen? Yeah, that's what that means. That correlation is very strong between eye postures and states. This is a way of making concrete what Vincent was talking about this morning. Finding the Goldilocks spot between concentration and investigation. With this Johnny exercise, we're favoring concentration and we're using investigation to keep us focused on the right activity, on the activity that leads to the flavor we're targeting. 
So for this exercise, the, the Goldilocks spot is, the zone is skewed well toward the concentration end of that spectrum. Well, as long as we're here, we may as well get a look at the third jhana. That's very easy. And see if you can feel your skin, just the skin, just the surface of your skin all over all at once. Don't, don't strain, but just have that idea in mind. I wonder if I, if I can feel my skin all, all at once. Now, it may turn out that you, it doesn't feel like that is happening. In other words, you, you feel like you're bouncing from one place to another. That's fine. Don't worry about that. Just notice that the more you relax, the easier that gets. So we don't care about anything in the middle of the body. We don't care about anything out away from it just the skin and yet again you find that in order to do this you have to slough off some of the tension of the previous jhana all of the factors of the third jhana were already present in the second and the and the first but they were drowned out by the grosser sensations of the earlier jhanas. So we slough off that extra tension, and what's left is a kind of a, a sweetness, a chilled out bliss. And it feels like a sigh. Ah, wow, that's a relief. The emphasis in breathing is now upon the exhalation. Notice that's complete shift from the first and second jhanas. <sighs> now eye postures are relevant here only because if you look at eye postures, you'll be calling yourself back to the first or second jhana, so don't do it. Feel the coolness on your skin. And feel the bliss. The Pali word is sukha. Sweetness. The characteristic mind state of the third jhana is bliss. Your primary handle for accessing the third jhana is to feel your skin all over at the same time and relax. Feel the coolness all over your body, all over the skin.
Now from this platform of the third jhana, if you were to ask, well, what else could I let go of? What could I slough off if I wanted to see what's next? Well, you don't have to focus the mind at all. You can let the experiences of mind and body happen on their own. So let's do that. Let's go to the fourth jhana. If I don't deliberately try to focus the mind, what I, what I find is that well, all kinds of stuff comes in, near and far, 360 degrees. I can hear sounds. Feels like a relief. Oh, now I don't have to blot out the sounds. I don't have to do anything. This is about as passive as it could be. And it's a quite a relief. The characteristic mind state of the fourth jhana is equanimity. I don't really mind what happens. It's not my problem. Lots of sensations come. In fact, I don't even have to filter for pleasant sensations. I can let in all of them, pleasant, unpleasant, neutral. They're not bothering me a bit. And from this point of view of the fourth jhana, as always, when you go up uh, a rung, you realize, oh, it was there was a little bit of effort required to be in the third jhana. I had to hold on to that bliss. It feels like a real relief not to have to do that. I like this fourth jhana. can feel sensations inside the body, outside. Notice too, with the fourth jhana focus, the skin barrier seems to have disappeared. In other words, it's not clear where the body begins and ends, where the air around you begins and ends. It's really just sensations floating in space, kind of a shapeless flowing blob of sensations. If, if this fourth jhana perspective or focus isn't, um, if it's not really making that much sense now, I wouldn't worry about that at all. It's natural that the first jhana is the easiest to access and second is the next easiest and so on. And you get better at it. The reason the first jhana is easiest is because it's very proactive. We, we can do some very concrete things with the, with the eyes and the, and the mind. 
But once you get the hang of this, that each of these, these jhanas has its characteristic flavor that is recognizable and reproducible, trainable, you can do this. After nearly a year in private beta, the Buddhist Geeks Network is now open for any independent practitioners who want to engage in interdependent practice. You can find out more about the Buddhist Geeks Network by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. And if you'd like to join the community and join us in regular social meditation practice or other events that we host there in the network, all freely offered, you're very welcome to do so, again, by visiting BuddhistGeeks.network. Love to see you there.